excitement. So we're talking about attitude this month. <laughs> you come across any people with some, with some bad attitudes this week? <laughs> and, and maybe if we're honest, we can say that person might have been me one, on one or two occasions. <laughs> maybe before you had your coffee, your attitude... Is anybody out there like that? Before your coffee, your attitude might be totally different. <laughs> How many know that there's not a cup, a, a cup of coffee strong enough to change our attitude sometimes? <laughs> there's, only, there's only one that can do it, amen? There's only one that can do it. There's only one who can go to the heart of the matter and begin to transform us on the inside, amen? See, drinking coffee, it puts something on the inside of us, and that might affect our mood in some ways, right? But we know that, we, that there's something that needs to come from the inside out that will really affect our attitude, amen? <laughs> Praise God. So um, today, la last, uh, last uh, night, I don't know if anybody watches um, any of this kind of stuff, but I like to watch this kind of stuff every so often. They had, um, they had a boxing match between two former uh, UFC champions. Now, if you're not familiar with UFC, that's mixed martial arts. So they, they, it's a form of fighting, but it's, not, it's different than boxing. Boxing is boxing. Uh, mixed martial arts combines boxing and wrestling and jujitsu and different martial arts combined together. So anyways, I'm telling you that so that you understand that the people that were in the ring are not professional boxers. They are professional fighters, however. But if you've ever watched a fight, what usually always happens the night before or two nights before is they have an interview. <laughs> and so um, the, the, there were a couple people that fought, but, but the one I'm talking about today is, uh, if anybody remembers, Tito Ortiz, if you watch U, um, UFC. Um, he was a former champion, a and a really good one, um, but he was more of a wrestler. He was more of a wrestler. That was kind of more his style, right, when he fought. And then you had Anderson Silva, another former great champion. But this guy was more of a jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu type of a fighter. Different styles, right? Two different styles, wrestler and a jiu-jitsu guy get in the ring to box, right? So just kind of picture this, right? This is, not, this is different, right? This is a little strange. And, and then keep in mind, they're former champions. This means that they're not fighting anymore regularly, so they're not in the shape that they used to be in, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but they always have the, before a fight, there's always this interview, right? And what usually happens, right? Tito, Tito is saying, I'm going to destroy Anderson Silva, his fake karate stuff. I'm just going to punch right through it. And then guess what? He goes for a weigh-in. He doesn't even make his weight. <laughs> and... and, and Anderson Silva could have denied the fight based on that. He could have said, I'm not fighting you. You didn't make weight. But Anderson Silva said, I'm not one to disrespect my opponents. I'm just here to do a job. Two very different responses. <laughs> one guy's like, I'm going to destroy this fake karate guy. And then he doesn't even, you know. And then what ends up happening last night, if anybody watched the fight, Tito Ortiz gets knocked out in like the first round. <laughs> He was talking all this trash, right? He was talking all this junk, and he gets knocked out. You should have seen it. When he came out there, he's swinging. It looks like he's swinging in slow motion. Anderson Silva is just kind of like, boom. <laughs> just knocks him out. Just, it was like, it, it seemed almost fake if you watched it. It seemed like it, it was like almost a setup or something. Like, <laughs> But here's the thing, guys, right? Um, 
just like every fighter wants to be great in the kingdom of God, everybody wants to be great, right? Nobody wants to just kind of, you know, just just kind of fake it and just kind of not really do anything, just show up in church and just not expect anything from God, right? We want to receive things from God, right? We want to do things. Oh, you guys are too quiet. We want to receive things from God. We want to do things for God, right? We want to experience things in the kingdom of God. This means we want to be great or we want to experience greatness or we want to see the greatness of God, amen? But most of us don't understand what it takes. Here's the thing. In the kingdom It's not so much about your ability, but humility. Without humility, there is no elevation. Without humility, there is no greatness. So today, the attitude that we are going to be talking about is (laughs) humility. (laughs) And and so the title today is Humility 101. We're going to go to school today, right? You guys ready? (laughs) We're going to go to school. We're going to talk about humility. Paul teaches us, like I mentioned last week, we're going through the book of Philippians. So we're taking a walk through the book of Philippians, and Paul teaches us three really good lessons on how do we get there, right? How do we get there? How do we become more humble? Uh, James chapter 4 and verse 10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you, right? We know that the kingdom of God is an upside down kind of a kingdom, right? We think that we have to exalt ourselves. We have to promote ourselves. We have to pump ourselves up, right? But, but God is saying it's different in my kingdom. You humble yourself. You bring yourself low, and then I will lift you up, right? It's countercultural. It goes against what we've been taught. It goes against what we think is right and what we think is normal and natural. But guess what? It's not natural. Tell your neighbor it's supernatural. So if we, if we want to keep exp- seeing natural results, keep doing natural things, But if you want to experience the supernatural, you have to step into supernatural principles. And humility is one of them, right? (laughs) And it's one that it's not so easy to learn, is it? Oh, you guys are too quiet, is it? All right, here's the question then, right? Um, How many of us consider ourselves humble? (laughs) That was a trick question, guys. (laughs) Truly humble people don't say that they are, right? This is the key, and this is what we have a hard time with, right? Because we want, we, we want to see ourselves, right, in the way that, we, that God tells us to be, and God tells us to be humble, right? And so we want to see ourselves that way. But if we go around telling people that we are, well, guess what? If I have a book that says the 10, the ten ways that I became humble, you shouldn't buy that book. Because <laughs> what am I doing? Right in the title, I'm exalting myself. And I'm telling you, look what I've accomplished. Look what I have done. And you can be just like me. You can be humble just like me. No, something was missed right there in the title. Are you you getting that? (laughs) But here's here's the real question. Not how do you see yourself, but if others had to describe you, would they describe, would humble be in one of the words that they use to describe you? It doesn't matter if you think you're humble. If nobody else does, guess what? <laughs> what are we putting out? What are we putting out? We're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 2 um, today. Um, would you stand with me? We're going to be reading verses 1 to 11. Last week we talked about the attitude of advance. Paul had this attitude, even though he's in jail, he writes this letter to the church of Philippi from prison. He should have a bad attitude. He should have a poor attitude. He should be feeling sorry for himself. But instead, he says, I rejoice. 
because the gospel has advanced. Even in this situation, God has has given me a, a position and a platform to be able to present the gospel, and everybody in this jail knows Jesus Christ now because I'm in this place. Right Now, if only we could have that kind of attitude when we find ourselves in terrible situations, that God can still use you in a messy situation, that God can still bless you in a, in, in a difficult environment. Amen? God can still promote you even when you look around and it doesn't seem like it's an area conducive to growth. Somebody say amen. amen. So here we are, um, chapter 2, verses 1 to 11, we're going to read, and it says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself, there it is again, by being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, listen, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Amen. You can be seated. Somebody say, Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. You you can never go wrong proclaiming that. If you don't know, if if you ever had a loss of words and you don't know what to say, you'll never wrong in saying, Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Praise God. So I want to bring out three lessons that I think Paul shows us here. We're in, we're in, we're in the humility class today, guys. Class 101, this is the beginning. Um, and, and there's some really key lessons here for us. The first is we need to, if we want to be more humble, if we want to learn what it is to be humble, we need to, number one, check our motives. Check our motives. What are your motives for doing what you do? Number three, or verse three, it says, the first part of it, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. What's the key word there? Nothing. Whatever we do, we have to be checking our motives, <laughs> right? Sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes we do things just because we want to get something from it, right? How many of you are going to work tomorrow? You're expecting to get something from it, right? You're not working for free, are you? (laughs) You're expecting a paycheck, (laughs) right? So I'm not saying that you should go and not expect your paycheck tomorrow. But what I'm saying is we do a lot of things other than that because we're expecting something in return. Let's be honest. Sometimes we serve in the church, not because we just want to serve, but because we're expecting somebody to see us. And we're expecting somebody to pat us on the back. Oh, that doesn't happen, does it? (laughs) 
And if nobody comes up and says, hey, great job, then we might quit that thing because we were in it for the wrong mode. Oh, come on. Does that happen? Does that happen in church? <laughs> There's pastors that quit every Sunday. Yeah. Because maybe they weren't in it for the right motives. And maybe there was other reasons, but let's, let's be honest, right? We, we, we don't always do things for the right motives. Sometimes when our wives, husbands, they ask us to do things, we are not doing it because we just want to love and serve. Oh. <laughs> Did I just expose us, us men? <laughs> let's be honest. We are expecting something sometimes in return, aren't we? And women don't act like it's just us men that do that. Sometimes husband says, hey, would you help me with this or you help me with that? And you're not doing it out of the goodness of your heart, but you're expecting, hey, he rubbed my back. Now I'm expecting him to, right? Isn't this how, isn't this how it goes sometimes? <laughs> sometimes we give to the poor, but we do it with our phone in our hand because we want others to see, look, the, look at the good deeds I am doing. Look how good of a citizen I am. Does that happen? <laughs> somebody said giving Gigi said giving sometimes we give not just because we want to be generous but because we want that tax write-off at the end of the year <laughs> let's be honest we're not always doing things from pure motives you know the uh the first time um, I, had a, I had a meeting with, uh, with Pastor Pedro and Amy some years ago, and they asked, they asked me um, to consider becoming associate pastor. And do you remember? Um, I, I actually turned it down the first time because um, I, I kind of felt like, I don't know if I'm called to that. I don't know if that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and I, I thought to myself, I don't want to do this for the wrong, you know, for the wrong reason. I want to make sure that really, really this is from God. And, you know, and, and so I don't know if it was a year or two later, maybe a year or two later, then, you know, after praying more, considering that we, we had another conversation. And as you can see, I'm here today. <laughs> but, but understand, right, we, we don't always slow down, do we? Sometimes we're quick, we're quick to do this or that because we're thinking, hey, if I can be in this position, that's going to give me some power. That's going to give me some authority. That's going to get some eyes on me. That's going to get me some pats on the back. That's going to get some, some respect. Some, that's going to get whatever the case may be. And, and we chase these things sometimes. And maybe it's not you trying to be a pastor. Maybe it's you trying to get a promotion at work. And again, there's nothing wrong with getting a promotion. There's nothing wrong with advancing. There's nothing wrong with progressing. But what are your motives? What are we motivated by? Is it just the money? Is that the only thing that motivates us? Is it the title? Is that what motivates us? Think about it, right? What are we motivated by? Amen? <laughs> um, it's not easy to be a leader and be humble. Because guess what happens? There are people that look up to you. There are people that will say, hey, you're really good at this or you're really good at that. And guess what, what's, what can start to happen very easily? It starts to go right here. <laughs> and, um, you know, the Bible says, don't you praise yourself, but let, let another man praise you. 
right? There's a verse that tells us this, right? So, so it's nothing wrong with, with receiving a compliment. It's nothing wrong. It's actually biblical that we would receive a compliment from somebody else. Rather, but but if, we're, if we're feeding off of those, if we're sustaining ourselves off of those, guess what? Eventually, you're going to starve because if that's what's motivating us, right? The accolades, the respect, the encouragement. There's going to be seasons where you're not getting that. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to lose your motivation for doing whatever it is that you're doing. Right? But what is, is God seeing you, what you're doing? Do we receive encouragement from him? Amen? Should, whose who's pat on the back means more at the end of the day <laughs> whether I have a million followers on Facebook, but whether I have one father who approves me in heaven, which one makes the difference at the end of the day? Oh, come on, somebody. <laughs> Amen. See, Proverbs, um, Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 2 says that, a way, that all the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the spirit. See, that's the problem with checking our motives. We're not always so good at diagnosing ourselves. Let's be honest, right? This is why I was just on the way to work. I was telling Lauren, you know, I keep hearing this noise in your car. I'm bringing it to the mechanic this week. Why? Because I don't know how to fix that. I got to bring it to somebody who can. Amen? So sometimes we think, oh, I know that my motives are pure. I know that I am humble. But, but meanwhile... What, is, what does the scripture say? Oh, of course, we always think that about ourselves more often than not. The, the verse says that a man's ways are pure in his own eyes. So what is that telling us? Of course, we think that we're, we're all, we're good. Of course, we think we have it all together. Of course, we think we're doing okay, right? You know, more often than not. But it says, but it's the, it's the Lord that weighs us. So we have to come before him and get a diagnostic check, Right? He's the mechanic. We have to, I, I, there's this noise that I'm hearing, but I'm not exactly sure what it is. Bring it before the Lord and let the Holy Spirit, right, begin to cut, right, the Spirit, right, what does the Word do? It, begin, it, it divides between thoughts and intentions, right, motives and intentions, right, spirit and flesh, right, that this is what the Word of God does by the Spirit. So we have to come before Him, present ourselves, measure ourselves according to the Word, and then present ourselves to the Father through prayer, and then let the Holy Spirit say, this is what I am prescribing, <laughs> right? When you bring your card to the mechanic, what does he do? He checks out this, this, and this, and he says, okay. Matter of fact, I did this a couple months ago, and I said, I have this problem. Can you check it out? He checked that out, all right, but then he gave me, I'm no lie, like a five-page report, <laughs> like a five-page report, with this, 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 this. I came in there for what I thought was like a $100 fix. By the way, that $100 fix, even for the one that I knew that I had a problem, he wanted, they wanted to charge like 400 for what I thought should have costed me 100 or less. And, then, and that was the cheapest of all the fixes that he was recommending. <laughs> I totaled that thing up, and I think the work totaled over $7,000. <laughs> My car's not even worth half of that. <laughs> So I said, give me what I need to keep it running. <laughs> so um, anyways, when we go before the Lord, he will point out 
He'll show us if we are open to hearing what he will tell us, right? If we are willing to take the time, right? Because sometimes we don't go to the mechanic because we're just so busy, right? And we're like, I'll get to it. I hear that noise, but I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And, and then if you don't get to it, after a while, guess what happens? That, that ch -ch 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 turns into a ka-clunk, ka-clunk, ka-clunk. <laughs> and now you can't get to work, <laughs> right? I've been there. It's happened to me before. And so, so, so don't delay in getting that diagnostic, right? It's much easier to fix it when it's small than to wait, and now it's going to break the bank, right? And so the Holy Spirit, he's patient with us. But, but he's, he's waiting for us to come and say, when are you going to have that checkup? <laughs> when are you going to allow me to diagnose your heart? <laughs> Amen? Amen. We should do it every week. We should do it every day. Lord, search me, try me, know me. Right? This is like the prayer of David, right? Reveal any unclean thing in me. Right? We want, we want to be clean before the Lord. We want to be humble before the Lord. But we ha it starts with checking our motives. What is your motives today? Amen? Lesson number two. Consider others first. That's what we don't like, do we? That's, this is a hard lesson right here, especially for us Americans, because we're so independent, we're so impatient, we're so me-centered, we're so give it to me and give it to me now, we're so... <laughs> Well, I, I went to a, we went to a fair yesterday, a little festival in Monroe, Apple Festival. And man, this little small town, if you've ever been to Monroe Green, it's just a little small green area, but it was packed with people. And guess what? It was first come, first serve. If you're not, do you see a parking spot? There was no considering others first. It was, you, if, you're, if you're not quick, I felt like I was in Times Square for a minute. I, I, I said, if you, were, if you weren't going to move, that, that parking spot was going to be gone. And, and, and so you, got, you, know, you, had, you could see it on people's faces, right, that people were getting upset. People were getting frustrated, right? And I'm here to have a good time with my family, <laughs> right? And, <we're, laughs> and, and then you have the lines, right, snack line all the way down. <laughs> people, <laughs> I want my apple fritters. I want my apple dumplings, right? And, and it's this idea, no, it's, no you're not going to cut in front of me. No, I was here first. My kid wants the animal balloon. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I got in line. I got in line for some, apple, for, for some apple cider donuts. Who likes apple cider donuts? I got in line for some apple cider donuts. The person right in front of me got the last ones. And I opened up my Bible, and I said, brother, consider others first. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no I didn't. <laughs> but... um. <laughs> we don't like to do that. We don't like to do that. No, if, if it's the last one, I want that last one. I'm not going to give it to you. <laughs> right? Some of you guys are like, no, 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 no. I would, be, I would give it. I would give it. Yeah? What if it was, what if it was Black Friday sale and, and, and you, you got up four in the morning, right, to get that flat screen TV and you see one last one, are you going to say, I'm going to consider you first? <laughs> Or are you going to trample over them? <laughs> right? People have died in these sales. Literally died. Trampled to death because we are not good at considering others first. I stay in bed on Black Friday, guys. I, I, I'm not getting up. I'm not getting involved in that mess. 
right? Because they trick you with that anyways. They make you think it's, you're getting this big deal. And then guess what? The very next day is Cyber Monday, and you found it for cheaper online, and you didn't have to wake up early. You could have just had it shipped to your house for free. <laughs> and then now they started doing Cyber Week. It's a whole week long now. Man, don't let them get you this year, guys. <laughs> Amen. How many of us um, have had friends that you get around them and, and they tend to tell you all about their stuff? <laughs> and then it's your turn to tell them how you're doing. <laughs> oh, would you look at the time? <laughs> and, um, and you know what? The point I'm trying to make here is not the one that you think I'm making. I'm not trying to tell you get away from those type of friends, but I'm trying to tell you sometimes we need to be that friend that is willing to listen even if the other one is not willing to listen in return. Why? Because we are considering them first. We are placing their concerns before our own. Because at the end of the day, can they do anything about our problems? No. Does it feel good to be able to release them? Yes. Is that what a good friend should do? Listen and then also share? Yes. But will it always happen? No, it will not. Because <laughs> guess what? If we are honest, we have been on both sides of that at times. Maybe you didn't try to do that, but you did it, right? There's probably a friend out there who's looking at you and you're that friend and then you're looking at them. No, you're that friend <laughs> because we've all done it. Let's be honest. We've all done it. We've all just poured out, poured out, poured out and then really didn't consider maybe I should listen. Maybe they have some stuff to pour out. But you know what? It is important to consider others first. This is a foundation of humility. Humble people are willing to listen even if nobody is willing to listen to them. They're ready and willing to hear your voice and your concerns and pray for you even if you are not willing to hear their concerns and pray for them. Because at the end of the day, I want your prayers, but if you don't pray for me, I have Jesus who sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession. Come on, somebody. He's making intercession. I have the best prayer warrior. <laughs> you have the best prayer warrior, right? Now, I'm not excusing us from praying. We should pray for one another. We need to do this. It's biblical. It's right. It's, it's correct. But I'm saying understand there's going to be times when people will not have time for you. There's going to be times when people ignore you. There's going to be times when people shut you out. Are you willing to put them first? And you might say, that's all I've been doing. I always put others first. And when is it going to be my time? <laughs> I know some of us feel that way, and, it, and, it's, and it's okay. We are going to feel that way at times. But humility never has to raise its voice and demand attention. Humility never has to say, what about me? My, we used to, we, they used to run and joke growing up in my house, um, and when I was growing up in my parents' house, I should say. Um, I used, it, was, it, it turned into a joke where I, I had that tagline of, what about me? What about me? I was whining and complaining a lot in the house. And what about me? What about me? And so that, then it became a joke. And then I realized, wow, I say that a lot more than I realize. Or I have that attitude a lot more than I realize. And, and if we're honest, so do we. We just may not say it out loud. 
But in our hearts, we're thinking, what about me? What about me? Humility says, what about others? What about others? God will take care of me. What about others? What can I do to help others? What can I do to be a blessing to others? Romans 15 verse 1 says, we who are strong, listen to this, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Listen to this. If you are that person who wonders sometimes, how come I'm always the one? How come I'm always the one? Guess what? Then that means you are the strong one. And if you are the strong one, then it says here you have an obligation to bear with the weak. We are going to be around people who really need us, and they are needy, and they are hurting, and they are broken, and maybe you are hurting too, but you know what? They're hurting worse than you, and you need to be strong in that moment. And you might say, I'm tired of being the strong one. Well, guess what? When you are weak, guess what? He is strong. And so God has maybe put you in a position to be strong. You keep being strong. You keep being a blessing. You keep being humble. Because guess what? At the end of the day, you may get tired and weak, but at the end of the day, if you are practicing this, you are in the vein of humility. And when you are in the stream of humility, eventually that stream is going to carry you to the Father's house. And when you are in the Father's house, you will be renewed. You will be strengthened. You will be built up. Come on, somebody. Right? And, and, and then he will lift you up. He will lift, if you, want, you will be exalted in his time. Amen? So you keep doing that. Amen? Number three. You ready for the third one? Third lesson? The third lesson is we need to be Christ-minded. Christ-minded. Now this seems like an impossibility. Do you realize that each of these three they got progressively harder. This is what happens in school, right? You start out in kindergarten, you just play all day, right? You, you, you color, you learn, you learn ABCs, right? You know, nowadays in kindergarten, they're learning geometry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's stepped up from when I used to be. It's really stepped up, right? It, it has. Because when I was in kindergarten, we had nap time and play time, and that was about it. <laughs> At least that's how I remember it. <laughs> but now they're learning how to read in kindergarten, right? It, anyways, you get the idea, though. First grade, second grade, it gets progressively harder. You learn more difficult things. So look at the first, the first lesson. Paul says, check your motives, right? Then the next thing is consider others. Oh, that just got a little bit harder because <laughs> checking my motives, that's an internal thing, right? But considering others, that's an external thing. That's something I actually have to do and put into practice and, and, and walk out. Number three is now being Christ-minded. That's an internal again but a super hard lesson to learn. Why? Because I'm not Jesus. Are you Jesus? <laughs> but, but yet, it tells us that we're supposed to have his mind. Well, look at verse 5. It says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Did you catch that? Let me read that again. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours. The key word there is yours. What is that saying? It's saying that we have it. It's saying that we have access to it. It's saying, have the mind that is yours. It, it kind of sounds silly to say it that way. It's, como, it's almost like saying, Josh, is this yours? Yeah, that's mine. Here, have it. I know, it's mine. It's in my hands. But, but this is what, this is, it, it may sound silly, but this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, 
Open your eyes and see what you actually have. Look in the mirror and understand that you have already been given this. Sometimes we don't, have, sometimes we don't know what we have, right? A- anybody ever seen those, those shows, like those antique sh- road shows? Anybody ever watch one of those antique road show, right? Where they bring in old stuff. And, and, and they're like, you know, this was in my attic for 30 years, and I thought it was really cool, and I wanted to bring it in today. And they're like, oh, this is from 9th century um, Rome and is actually worth $500,000. What? It, it, it's, a little, it's a little piece of stone. What do you mean? <laughs> they don't know what they got half the time, right? But then you have the flip side, and this is where humility comes in. You have the flip side where somebody comes in and says, look what I have. (laughs) This water was was drank by George Washington himself. And it's been in my attic (laughs) for 200 years. (laughs) It even has his signature at the bottom. (laughs) And they're expecting them to say, oh, wow, we've never seen something like that before. That's worth a million dollars. And what do they tell them? Eh, that's a copy. You can buy that at Walmart (laughs) for about five cents. And their jaw drops. Humility, because they thought they had something. But it wasn't what what, what they really thought they had. Meanwhile, humility is the other way around. We don't realize what we have, but what we have is given to us by God, and it is of great, eternal, significant value. So so Paul is saying, you don't realize what you have. You have the mind of Christ. You just need to, boom, activate it. Turn it on. Plug it in, right? How many of us <laughs> have ever done that, right? We're trying to get something to work, and it's like, whoops, I forgot it wasn't plugged in. Another humility moment, right? We're like, what? Banging it, right? We're like trying this, trying that. Oh, my goodness, I forgot to plug it in. <laughs> so humility, right? Think about that. Christ-mindedness. Now, now, these next couple of verses tell us what the mind of Christ looks like and how can we get it or, or how can we recognize it. Because um, it's, it's one thing to say, have the mind of Christ. Okay, well, what does the mind of Christ look like? Here we are. He tells us in verse 6, it says, Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. So he's saying, understand, Jesus Christ was fully God, but yet he didn't walk around with a name tag. <laughs> right? Matter of fact, he told people sometimes, after a miracle, he would tell them sometimes, don't tell them. Right? Is this idea, right? He wasn't broadcasting it. And this is why some people try to argue um, today. They say, show us where Jesus is the Christ. There are many verses that you can point to, and, and then Jesus himself does make many, very many parallels, right? But he, that's not his common language. He's not everywhere that he goes, he doesn't show up and be like, I'm Jesus Christ, a.k.a. Son of God, bow down and worship me. No, no, he didn't do that. What did he do? Verse 7, he emptied himself. Picture that, picture that. He is fully God. In order to come to this earth and live amongst us, he literally had to pour out his divineness. He's still God, by the way. He's still God. It's not that he poured it all out, but but think of it. He is so powerful. He is so awesome. Think of it. We can't even see God, correct? So in order for us to see Jesus, Jesus literally had to empty himself of some of his glory 
in order for him to just be here and for it to look normal. Think about that. Because otherwise, people would have just looked at him and would have just like died on the spot. Because he is holy. Because he is God. Because he is righteous. So he literally had to empty himself of, 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 of a lot of his divine nature, right? By taking the form of what? CEO of Jerusalem Incorporated. <laughs> no. Taking the form of a servant. And then when his disciples said, which one of us is the best, Jesus? He said, you're doing it the wrong way. The, the best needs to be a servant. And he's like, guys, you're not getting it. I came here to be a servant. And you think, you want to, if you want to be great, you're not going to do it any other way. <laughs> if I had to do it this way. <laughs> Understand what I just said there. If I had to do it this way. Why do I say that? Keep reading. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient. Right? Humble. You, you, can't, you can't be a humble person and, and not be obedient. Right? If you are always breaking the rules, if you are always bucking authority, if you are always saying no, 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 guess what? You are fighting humility, right? You are breaking against what God is trying. So even Jesus himself was obedient to the Father to the point of death, even laying down his own life, right? Even death on the cross. Listen here, verse 9. Therefore God has highly exalted him. Was Jesus not exalted before he came to earth? Of course he was. But where was he exalted? In heaven only. We don't know about Jesus really other than through the lens of the New Testament and then going back through the Old Testament and piecing together the prophecies, right? But the Old Testament, the Old Testament um, people, right, followers of God, they didn't refer to him as Jesus Christ. They didn't understand that there was a third person. They didn't understand, uh, you know, the Trinity, all these different things, right? Understand. But they knew that there was a, a Savior coming. They knew there was salvation coming, but they didn't know exactly what it was going to look like. Right? So, but Jesus was always exalted. He was always at the right hand of the Father. But until he humbled himself, listen, he humbled himself, he came to earth, now he is exalted before all creation. Now it's not just heaven that, that sees him as exalted, but now we see him as exalted. But it wouldn't have happened if he didn't humble himself. Think about that for a minute. Jesus would have never been exalted in our eyes had he not come to earth and humbled himself and le left that example. Think about that. He still would have been who he was in heaven. It didn't change who he is, but understand that God gave him a higher exaltation based on his humility, based on his obedience, based on the fact that he was a servant. He was a servant. And so guess what? He, he brought himself low but then God lifted him up high in order for us to be brought up higher with God. Guess what? We need to be brought lower. This is, there, there's no way around it. There's no way around it. Church. First Corinthians two, um, 16 says for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So, Again, it's this reminder that we can do what he did, not 
everything that he did in exactly the way that he did it, right? We can't die for the sins of the world. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that just as he humbled himself and was lifted up, we also can also humble ourselves and become servants, even to the point of death, so that God might exalt us. Amen. Years ago, martial artists, you guys are like, man, you're like in a violent mood today, talking about MMA and boxing and martial artists. And <laughs> Years ago, a martial artist and actor, um, Michael J. White, you guys know who that is? He, um, he was born in New York, but, but he was raised up in Bridgeport. And, and he, he knows seven different types of martial arts, guys. He, he's the real deal. He's not like one of those guys that does the fake acting on TV. Like, he really is a, a legit martial artist, but he's an artist. He, he's an actor as well. So he, he's been in many movies. Um, and and I will, I'll never forget it. 1998, my high school graduation, Central High School, we're, we're supposed to go outside for our graduation, but it starts raining. So we're all hanging out in the auditorium waiting, like, what are we going to do? You know, are we going to have our graduation? Are we not going to have it? And it's hot in there. It's humid. We're, like, sweating. We got our cap and gowns on, all this stuff. And guess who walks in? Michael J. White walks into the auditorium. And he gives the class of 1998 a speech. Guess what, guys? He didn't have an entourage with him. There was no videotapes recording him. He did it not in front of the parents. It was just the students, a one-on-one -on -one conversation. It was, it was so cool. It, it, it was like really amazing. Like he graduated from that school. So he came back just to encourage and appreciate and just li lift up, right, some fellow students who we're kind of going through a little bit of a challenging moment right now because we're kind of like, you know, this is like the big moment for us, right? We're ready, graduation, and we're kind of like freaked out, and our parents, uh, half of our families couldn't come. You know, like they were waiting outside, and they couldn't even get in. They had traveled from far away, some of them, couldn't even get in to see the graduate. It was, it was, it was not easy, but we had this encouraging word from Michael J. White, and I thought to myself, this is so cool. You know, and, and what do I see like a week or two ago? Michael J. White is opening a studio in Shelton, um, and he's, and he's going to be like teaching and training people who want to get into the arts and want to do movies and learn about movie production and stuff like that. He could have done that anywhere, guys, but he's coming back home to do it. Why? I don't know the man personally, but to me, he's an example of humility, you know, and, and he's got money. He's not going to make a ton of money probably doing this, you know. He didn't get paid to come to Central High School and give a word to us. Think about it. Have we checked our motives? Why do we do what we do? Why do we do what we do? Are we, are we good at considering others first? Or do we get bent out of shape because we're like, I want it to be my turn? Or when's it going to be my turn? When's it going to be my time? Get humble, and it'll be your time. Right? Get humble, and it'll be our time. Because there's no other way to be great in the kingdom of God but to go low and let God lift you up. Because if you try to lift yourself up, guess what? You're going to fall down the ladder.
You're going to be like Tito Ortiz and get knocked out in the first round. <laughs> Understand, right? And um, we have to have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is always, I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve. He knew that he could have done so much. He, he didn't have to be on that cross. He could have got off of there. Nobody had, the, nobody had the power or the strength to hold him down on that cross. He could have just flung thousands of soldiers into the air with a snap of his fingers. But he emptied himself and allowed them to take his life. See, nobody killed Jesus forcibly. Jesus laid his life down. That's humility. And... and Sometimes we're going to be in situations where we have the power to overrun somebody or we have the power or the skill or the ability to overrun somebody, to, to, to overpower them, to take them over, to, to whatever, knock them down physically or, or otherwise. But humility says, I have the mind of Christ. I don't need to be first. I don't need to have the preference. Amen. What did Jesus say? When you go to a feast, don't take the seat of honor. <laughs> he said, sit at the, sit at the floor and, 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 and then let the person come to you and say, no, no, you please sit here, right? But we have it so wrong in our culture many times. No, you have to take it. You have because nobody's going to give it to you. You have to go after it. You have to pursue it. I'm not saying be lazy. I'm not just saying sit, on, sit and do nothing and expect God to hand everything to you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you serve. You be humble. You be obedient. And as you do that, God will begin to lift you up. God will begin to place you where you need to be. Amen. You don't have to chase after men. You don't have to chase after authority. You don't have to chase after people. You don't have to chase after titles. You just chase after Jesus, and you get his mind. And then when we have his mind, we are transformed, and then he exalts us. Would you stand with me? Amen. So what's your attitude going to be this week? <laughs> Amen. Let, let, let's have an attitude of humility. Amen. Let's have an attitude like Jesus, right? Amen. And it's not going to be easy. Run, you walk, matter of fact, maybe even before you walk out of this door, somebody might say something to you or not say something to you, right? <laughs> and, 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 you, and, and, and the pride's going to want to jump in there, right? But you got to say, no, I have the mind of Christ. How would Christ respond in this situation? Would he put that person in their place or would he say, God bless you and keep it moving? Amen. Let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we pray your blessing, God, as we, we continue to wrestle with this, this um, thought um, of, of attitude and how our attitude can be like yours. Lord Jesus, we want to be more humble. We need to be more humble. Lord, we're tired, um, God, of, 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 of trying to fight God with others and trying to claw our way uh, to getting things Lord, we want to receive good things from you, but Lord, help us to go low so that you could lift us up. Help us to be obedient so that we might walk in the blessings that you have for us. Help us to put others first, knowing that you will still provide and take care of us even when we do. Help us, Lord, to check our motives, that our motives would be pure before you that our desire is not prestige, but our desire is just to please you. May you be pleased. 
with all of our ways. Diagnose us, Holy Spirit. Show us the areas, the attitudes, the relationships that need adjusting. In Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord.